everybody and welcome to Grand Sam KBO, our weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. On this week's show, we give our appreciation to the MVP for June, Nell Rojas Jr. There's writing letters to the KBO, Ruyan Jin, Addison Russell, Jersey Swapping, and KBO Hall of Fame Week 5. You can find the three of us on Twitter, at Grand Sam KBO, at Chimek Baseball, and at Grand Sam Hyder. We have a website, we're on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you can find your podcasts. Our email is grandsamkbo at gmail.com. It's a dreary Sunday afternoon or evening here in Seoul, but I'm delighted to say that Matthew Kerr and Bradley Hyder are here to join me again. Hello, Bradley. Hello, Matthew. Hello, hello. So, Matthew, what did you get up to this week? You had some fun on Monday. Oh, yes, I did. I uh, went on an adventure. Like uh, the video that I published a couple of days ago with Thomas St. John about the Samsung Lions video has now been uploaded. And uh, yeah, with Thomas on Monday, we ended up going on a bit of an adventure to Jamshil Sene, where we ended up meeting the Samsung Lions legend Yang Jun Yuk over at his uh, personal bar. It was uh, quite a lot of fun. Cool. What's the bar like then? You were um, speaking very highly of this bar. Yeah, it's basically set up like a sports bar. So you go in, you've got all of these different booths. You've got a couple of open tables and seating areas. You've got an elevated bar in the back corner. But then you go down a set of stairs, and in the basement, you have a set of batting cages. Cool. Um, and how much is a pint in, in um, Yang's bar? Uh, it depends what you're having. It's going to be fairly cheap for the most part, but... Um, if you want the nicer stuff, like the Big Wave, or if you want one of the imported beers, it goes up to like eight, nine bucks. But if you want the local stuff, like your cast, your heights kind of stuff, it'll be four bucks a pint. That's all I need to know. I love a pint that costs 4,001. Um, Bradley mm. Hyder, hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you this week? Uh, well, I can't compare to the excitement of Matthew's meeting, Matthew meeting a KBO legend, but I, I've got no room to complain. I'm, I would say with that information I've just received about those $4 pints, uh, next week is going to be a lot more exciting. Well, I uh, can actually say something that maybe we can sort out for some point in the future. Like, as we all know, and as our listeners know, we had a fantastic outing a couple of weeks, uh, just over a week ago, where we had the um, Mike ABO and Grand Slam meetup. I spoke to Young Junior, and he's actually going to be okay to um, host the next meetup, the next meetup that we have, and may even be able to start making some kind of charity event to go alongside with it. So uh, look forward to information on that in the coming months. Yeah, excellent. That should be fun. Um, it's always good to meet a former KBO player, especially somebody who has his number retired by arguably the most successful club in Korean baseball. They may not have won as many um, championships as the Key Tigers, but they've been in far more championship or Korean series uh, than Tigers. And I think they pretty much own every single team batting record that exists in Korean baseball. And Mr. Yang would have been a big part of that, man. 
Yeah, 300 career home runs plus and five golden gloves to his name from the DH position. Like, when you think of hitting, he is synonymous with it before guys like Houston Yuck turned up. Exactly, cool. What was he like then as a person? I mean, I've met, in terms of former players, I met Chui Sop and Sajay Ung, both Tigers players. Neither of them were good enough to have their jersey retired, but they both had stellar careers, MLB and also here in the KBO. But they're retired um, not as long as, as Mr. Yang is. So what was it like to meet a, a, a former player of his stature? Well, he was a really nice guy. He sat down, talked. Like He was very happy to share a bunch of stories about his playing days, about guys he worked with, about guys he still keeps in contact with, and uh, how he's been following the league this year. So it's actually a lot of fun to get the perspective that he has about current players. Like He shared his opinion on Lee Jong-ho and basically affirmed that because of the style of swing he has compared to his father – there's absolutely no way his dad could have coached him into that. So, like, there's been a lot of skepticism from myself included when um, Lee Jong-ho said before in an interview that his father wasn't instrumental in his coaching during high school or during his time playing for the Heroes. But after hearing his argument for it, like, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm firmly on side and believing that now. Interesting. It's always good to hear that kind of stuff. Thanks for that, Matt. And then maybe, as he said, we can go down to his bar sometime in the future and check it all out. Um, we're going to, before we go on to the main news stories of the week, we'll do what we've been doing now for the last number of weeks, which is review how all of the KBO 10 teams have done in the last week or so. Um, every game was rained out today in the KBO, so that means it's going to be a full uh, schedule of games tomorrow, which is on a Monday. Um, obviously, we don't see that too often in Korean baseball, but because of five games, five rainouts today, there's going to be seven games of Korean baseball on next week. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Do you guys like the Monday off thing every week, or do you think it would be better if we kind of followed the MLB rule and maybe had two days off a month as opposed to every Monday off? Well, I, I, I think it's fantastic, the, the Monday off. Uh, they do it here in Korea, of course. They do it in Japan. I believe they do it in Taiwan. I'm not sure if it's possible to do in the United States with such a large country and flights and different time zones, but I, I have heard it suggested. I like it. You know Monday there's no games. Uh, players get a consistent day off to, uh, to recover, spend time with their families, and I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think a, a dedicated day off of baseball every week should be considered in the MLB. Okay, cool. Um, I will lead us off then, if that's okay, guys, because I drew the shortest straw here and I managed to collect the Hanwha Eagles. So that means I've got four teams to uh, review for what happened over the last week. So well, I'll start it off then with the Kia Tigers, who opened with a series loss to KT to follow on from an awful Sunday meltdown in Changwon last week. The Tigers responded to win on Thursday thanks to a late-game rally to save their blushes. Kia stayed in Guangzhou after and took down the high-flying Kim heroes on both days, including a walk-off win in the 11th inning on Friday. Today's rain out spared Kia a ninth straight Sunday loss. Played five, won three. Next up, I'll go for the NC Dinos then. They had a very profitable road trip, beating the SK Wyverns narrowly in game one and barely losing the second game of the series before coming alive and crushing the third game. 
That momentum carried on to their trip from Incheon over to Seoul as they swept aside Im Changyu on Friday, getting a sizable number of runs before the LG Twins rallied and took a pretty strong 6-3 lead in the Saturday game. The Dinos would have ended up going 3-2 and two for the week had it not been for clutch home runs from Aaron Altair, who blasted a moonshot into the stands. And then Kim Song-wook added his third home run of the season for two additional runs, making three runs in the eighth inning. That game ended up finishing as our first tie of the season, with NC and LG tying 6-6, to meaning that NC finished the week with a 3-1-1 to to record. That would have suited them quite nicely, but with the monsoon looming, the overseers in Jamshil made an absurd decision to try and play out the game today on Sunday. So Kutang Mo for NC and Kim yun for LG ended up struggling through two and a bit innings in the rain, giving up two runs each before the game was called off. Weather permitting, that's going to be scheduled to restart tomorrow. Thank you. All right, let's take a look at the Latte Giants of Busan. They went three and two this week. Of course, their last game of the week was postponed until Monday. They nearly swept the basement-dwelling Hanhua Eagles and managed to beat the third-seeded Doosan Bears. Okay, the LG Twins. Twins are on a miserable run of form as they continue their traumatic experience of losing to Doosan Bears, this time live on ESPN for international viewers to see. Only once in their last seven series have they taken more than one win. They showed some fight on Saturday, bouncing, down, bouncing back from an early 3-0 deficit versus NC, but the game finished in the season's only tie. Played 5-1-1, lost 3, tied 1. Well, thanks to that first tie of the season between the Dinos and the Twins, the Doosan Bears have fallen another half game behind the first place NC Dinos after going 3-2 and two out of the five games they played this week. The Bears won their midweek series against LG Twins thanks to a phenomenal midweek outing from Fernandez batting 1,000 in his first game and then having strong outings in the second and third. And then a very strong outing from the middle of the Bears' batting order as well. The weekend was a bit less successful as they ended up going 1-1 one one against the Lotte Giants in Busan. They mounted a rally in the ninth inning on Saturday, but a two-run home run from Park wasn't enough to overcome the deficit. So, much like the rest of the league, a monsoon saw to it that no baseball's happening today anywhere. So that's probably regrettable for the Bears because they were scheduled to hit today against Jiang Wonsam, who had a 7.2 ERA. But with the rained out game scheduled for tomorrow, we'll have to wait and see if Lotte stick with that starter or if they change to another guy in the rotation. Either way, the Bears have to extend their road trip for another day in Busan, which may affect them when they have to return all the way back up to Seoul without a rest day to face the SK Wyverns on Tuesday. Taking a look at the number two Kiwum Heroes, they are two and three on the week after a real tough loss on Tuesday where they lost by 11 runs to the chart climbing Samsung Lions. The Heroes went on to win the last two games of the series, making it a successful three games. They lost the first two games on their weekend series to the uh, Kia Feral Tigers of Gwangju. And we'll have to wait and see what happens on Monday for the third game of that series. 
Okay, the KT Wiz. This is definitely a team on the up. KT haven't dropped the series yet this month. They took two games in Kia midweek in a battle which many saw as confirmation of their playoff credentials. They went even better at the weekend, beating Samsung on Friday and Saturday before rain ended a chance at a valuable sweep. Played five, one four, lost one for Suwon's KT Wiz. Speaking of those Samsung Lions, they have lost four out of the five games they played this week and are currently ending Sunday after the rainout with a four-game losing streak under their belt. They started the week strongly enough by winning the first game and taking a 6-0 lead in the second, but a characteristically KBO-ish meltdown saw the heroes pull back seven runs between the sixth and seventh innings and taking that game before comfortably winning the third. So after that, the onset of the rainy season only allowed two of their games against the KT Wiz to occur in Suwon, which may have been a blessing, given the first two games were won by the seemingly overwhelming offense of Melrose Jr. and the rest of the Wiz batting order. Despite failing to win a game behind the fifth-place LG Twins, there's a lot of positives for Samsung this week, including a strong performance from Ewan Sok and the return of Tyler Saladino to the fold for the first time since June 23rd. And rounding up, uh, my review of the teams is the SK Wyverns. They managed to hold on Wednesday to snatch a win from the lead, leading the league leading Dinos of Masan. Their weekend series against their bunker dwelling brothers, the Eagles of Dejan, is presently split at one game apiece, with the deciding rubber match game waiting to be played on Monday. Great. And to round it all off, as we always do on this show, um, the Hanoi Eagles. They started the week well after a walk-off two-run shot by Osan Jin in the 12th inning versus the Lotte Giants. But they went on to lose that series before welcoming the ninth spot Wyverns. Again, they won the first game, barely hanging on 6-5 after a near implosion in the ninth inning. They lost on Saturday and rain ended any chance on baseball on Sunday. Another mediocre week for Dejon's Eagles. Played five, won two, lost three. And as a result of all that, gentlemen, the table now currently looks like this. The NC Dinos stay out on top. 39 wins from their 57 games. They will obviously be the first team to hit the 40-win mark for the season. Keem Heroes are second. Dusan Bears in third. The Kia Tigers have moved up into fourth spot, having been down at sixth at the end of last week. LG Twins, who are 2, 7, and 1 out of the last 10, dropped to 5th. The KT Wiz are in 7th, despite, despite boasting a 500 record, which is pretty incredible. Matthews Lote Giants are 2 wins off a 500 record in 8th. And then there's the SK Wyverns and Hanoi Eagles. Sorry, I just got a Jokbal order arriving. So, Does yeah, your Jokbal arrive now? I had Jokbal for dinner tonight. It's fantastic stuff in it. So for those of you who are listening who don't know what Jokbal is, it's basically (laughs) pig trotters that have been slow boiled and fried and cooked and baked and it's wonderful and delicious. Lovely stuff. But food aside, so uh, out of this I really do like the way that the QM heroes aren't just dropping off and have managed to keep their roster healthy. And they're actually making a solid candidacy case for themselves for going into and staying in that top two spot. In terms of the playoff spots, it's interesting to see how between fourth and eighth spot, all of the teams there are separated by three and a half games. So it's just one 
bad run of form for any of them, that's going to change the positioning at the drop of a hat. I love how competitive it's getting, not just for the wildcard spot, but even upwards to the fourth place spot as well. Yeah, totally. But forget about baseball. Sorry, um, choke ball again. Um, I can't believe we're both <laughs> having choke ball for dinner here on a rained out baseball Sunday. Um, I'm interested to know why. Honestly, I'm just interested to know why you're having your dinner so late on a Sunday. Is this something you'd like to do? Well, um, I'd actually had uh, nurungji before, which is like a fried rice, which is then reboiled in water and becomes like a kind of porridge. Had that before. And then the missus felt a little bit hungry, so we decided to order something else. So that, that's the joy of Korea. You could have food ordered in at any time, and you'll be able to have a proper meal. So we're not going to be finishing this today. We're probably going to put some of it in the lunchbox for tomorrow and maybe even have it as dinner tomorrow as well. Yeah, I think we should probably abandon a Grand Slam KBO podcast, and we could probably get a lot more time out of a podcast on Korean food. Um, maybe we could do that sometime in the future. There's plenty to talk yeah. about, and we'll get onto that in the Hall of Fame nominations because I believe food was nominated for all, for all of them or some of them um, last week. We'll, we'll get all of them that. last week. All of them last week. Um, yep. Big news this week: a guy that we all like to watch over here, Mel Rojas Jr., was named MVP in the KBO for the month of June. This guy is in his fourth season of playing baseball in Korea. Bradley, you did a, um, you just kind of looked into how his form is going this season. Um, what would you like to say about Mel Rojas Jr.? Yeah, well, it was definitely a big week for the big man, the KT Wiz right fielder Mel Rojas Jr. has, as you say, been awarded the Player of the Month for June, and this was determined by the vote. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rojas is in his fourth year in the league. And with the KT Wiz, the Dominican-American switch hitter bashed 11 dingers and battered 25 runs in with a batting average of 347 in the second month of the season. In addition to the recognition received around the baseball world, Mel has received a cash prize in the neighborhood of about 1600 US dollars and a small piece of gold from the bank that sponsors the KBO. <laughs> as of today, Rojas dominates the KBO as he sits at the top of all the batting uh, statistics uh, in terms of average home runs, uh, RBIs, and hits. And the other categories, if he's not dominating the league, he's in second place. I'm really looking forward to following him for the rest of the season. And again, I'd like to offer him my personal congratulations. I will happily echo that and say massive congratulations. And there's not really too much you can say, is there? Like his last three games, he has what, 13 at bats and has got six hits between all of them, including two home runs. Like the guy is just on fire at the moment and he shows no sign of stopping. Interesting point, though. If you look at his uh, home versus road stats, like he's hitting 431 when he's at home and only 341 when he's on the road. But regardless, like either way, his production has just been on another level. And defensively, he's been sound as well. Yeah, I think Mel Rojas Jr. has definitely been one of the best foreign pickups in KBO history. 
all the stats are out there. Just go onto mykbostats.com and you'll get to see them laid out for you beautifully. Um, as we said, like this is his fourth season in Korean baseball. He's hit over, he's gotten over 100 RBIs in 2019 and 2018, and he would have gotten that in 2017 had he played the same number of games as he did in 18 and 19. He'll definitely get over 100 RBIs this year if he stays fit, of course. Um, uh, home runs, 21 for the season. He's 43 back in 2018. He has over 100 home runs already in his KBO career. This might sound harsh, and maybe a guy like Mel Rojas Jr. won't like if I ask this question, but I'm asking it to you guys instead. Um, I'm sure he's really happy to be playing baseball in Korea. Uh, I really hope he's having a good time over here. He's playing with a team which is definitely pushing towards the playoffs and in the next number of years might fancy themselves as a regular playoff contender. Um, do you think a guy like Maros Jr. is unlucky in the sense that he's, he's definitely, he definitely has a quality to win a KBO championship, but that's probably not going to happen in the next number of years with the KT Wiz. This is definitely a guy who could win championships with other teams, though, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a championship-caliber player. And um, actually, I do have to give a quick shout-out to Fernandez Fedusan, who has also had a phenomenal month, but just based on the number of home runs alone, didn't end up getting the nomination this month. But yeah, in terms of what he can do for the team, I think it's a difficult situation to be with the uh, KT Wiz. But I, I think he enjoys probably the fact that he's been part of the process and part of the journey and he's been able to see the team improving over a period of time. Like Brad, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, he's been with this team for four years and uh, the team is, is the most recent entrant into the league. So he's really grown with this team. Looking at his numbers, I'm seeing in almost every category here, consistent improvement, improvement in all areas. So uh, to answer your question, Andrew, I think he would be an asset to any team in this league. And if they didn't know it last year at contract time, they're certainly going to know it this year. So we'll have to wait and see what Mr. Rojas does if he wants to stay uh, with the team down in Suwon or look at a team that will give him a better opportunity to win the Korea series. Do you think he might get uh, some of the guys from MLB knocking on his door this uh, offseason? I think if his numbers continue to improve the way they have, I think that is a definite possibility, yes. But and we've, we've seen that with other players. Yeah, and he's putting himself in the shop window like never before as well. I know MLB is coming back soon, but um, like the guy is definitely he's definitely putting himself out there like maybe he might not have been able to do in the last number of years he was in Korea. He's only 30 years old. He just turned 30. It's not like he's coming towards the end of his career. Um, in terms of like as well how he ended up in KT was I, I, I'd love to know how the team scout their players um, now maybe they didn't realize the production was going to be so good from this guy I've absolutely no idea but we do see a huge turnover in terms of players from teams from year to year very often a player would just stay for one season then eventually move on mm -hmm. I was always wondering before like if maybe any of the other teams had considered Naro as junior in the past um, and just how he ended up playing for the team like the KT Wiz. Again, like they're definitely improving, but when he went there for the first time, they certainly weren't uh, at the level they're playing at now. But that's about Rojas Jr. So um, good. So we'll um, let's see who makes the 
But let's see who picks up the MVP for July, and we can have a chat about that player at a later date. But congratulations, as the boy said, to Mara Stringer for an outstanding month and also an outstanding career so far for the KT Wiz. Um, let's just look at some of the other news stories for the last week. There hasn't been a huge amount to talk about in KBO. If you guys had to write a letter to the commissioner of the league, what would you say in it? Does anybody Please anybody like sell league brand merchandise. Okay. I want my KBO logo hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? So you, you would, your letter to the, to the commissioner would be about, um, be about merchandise. What is this in relation to? There was a great story there. It wasn't a bunch of school kids in Switzerland or something sent a message to the KBO um, congratulating them on having live sport. They did. They, um, I believe the wording was they congratulated the league on having live sports. They said that they'd become fans of it while other sports were away and that they were going to continue to be fans going forward. And like on the MyKBO Facebook page, like I've seen a lot of people saying the same thing where they get into the league because there's nothing else available, but then because of exposure from <clears throat> ESPN and reading stuff online, people are getting into it. But um, from what I understand, the commissioner and the office of the commissioner actually responded to these kids as well, which is awesome. Yeah, it seems to be a change in tactic from a lot of the KBO teams and hopefully from the league organizer themselves in terms of mm. interacting with fans from all over the world. Even as part of this podcast, we have seen in the past how difficult it can be to gain access to um, KBO games, as, not just as a, as a fan, but if you want to go and talk to somebody. And, you know, a lot of times the players do want to talk to us on our podcast. They don't get too many opportunities to do so in English, but it hasn't been easy to do that. So hopefully now with the, the exposure given to them because of ESPN that there is definitely more of an opening up in Korean baseball. Um, it was a nice story. It was kind of funny. I mean, I, I think it was half asleep when I read it. I wasn't really sure if I'd seen that or not. And then I kind of went back on the internet later and was like, <laughs> okay, that actually really did happen. And then Danny Kurtz of my KBO kindly put up their address in English for anybody who wants to send a letter to the KBO, whatever you want to say to them, just fire them off a letter. Matt's going to talk about, um, merchandise so if you want to send a letter to the KBO commissioner there's a good chance he might actually reply um Bradley you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan that is correct and baseball is coming back and that means that Korea's favorite baseball export is that right maybe um is in line for his Toronto that. Blue Jays debut that is correct uh I would say definitely uh, one of the biggest uh, off-season deals was the signing of Yu Hyun Jin to the Toronto Blue Jays for a four-year deal. And it's, I don't know if it's been officially announced, but it's definitely looking like he will be the opening day pitcher for the Blue Jays. So uh, very exciting for Toronto Blue Jays fans, fans of Canadian baseball, and fan, Korean fans who like to follow their superstars in the MLB. Who are the Blue Jays playing opening day? Who are the Blue Jays playing? They are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Okay. Um, that is going to be huge over here. The Dodgers games absolutely dominated Korean television for the last half a dozen years or so. And now, as a Blue Jays fan, you can practice your Korean speaking abilities too by watching the Blue Jays on all the time on Korean television. Yeah, I'm expecting to see live games 
uh, replayed games, and just random amounts of footage of every one of his successful plays on television around the clock. I can almost guarantee that that's going to happen very soon on Korean TV because I believe they're going to be against the Rangers very soon after the season begins. So there's every chance that there's going to be a duel between him and uh, Shin Su Chu. So that will be an amazing one to see. Overload Absolutely. on NBC. Mm. Uh, we can see that over here when the football is on and Son Hong Min is, especially in the early part of the season, is absolutely dominating the English Premier League. If Ryan Jin has a stellar start to his Toronto Blue Jays career and also Kim Gwang Hyun at the Cardinals, uh, that'll be exciting times for baseball and on television here in Korea. Um, a couple of other news items to round up before we go on to the Hall of Fame. Um, one of you guys mentioned there uh, before we came on air, Addison Russell in quarantine. Um, the heroes have provided a batting cage. Is that right? Yeah, from what I can understand, the heroes as part of their press release when they announced that he was on his way. They said that they're providing a batting cage and that they're going to get a pitching machine towards him. Addison Russell, since arriving, has actually put out a video as well thanking the heroes for the opportunity and saying that he's looking forward to playing good baseball and helping the team win a championship. Did you guys, did you guys like the video of him arriving at Hitchin Airport with his Chicago Cubs bags? I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, well, I, I saw that. To get the merch. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I would be getting rid of that uh, bag if I had that in my possession. So, yes, I would, I would uh, use that. Yeah, They'll just I, put the Bears one inside the Heroes one later. right right you know what do you think if we speak to one of these teams and we have them send us a batting cage or a pitching machine so that we could practice what do you think about that i'd love it yeah yeah the neighbors might like it um i'd be happy with choke ball delivered to my house every sunday though (laughs) that's what that's what we're doing days oh i'm looking at it right now it looks so good the choke ball has (laughs) arrived Oh, it's it's right behind my ring light, so uh, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going to be grabbing that at some point. Well, we've another two hours to go in this show, and then Matthew can get on to his choke <laughs> ball. Then after that, um, no. <laughs> be- before we move on, though, I did actually manage to find the letter, so um, I can say exactly what it says now. So, dear Chongun Chan, we want to thank you, Chongun Chan, for letting the KBO play on. Since it is the only live sports league, we have fallen in love with the league. We love the bat flips and the home runs. Our favorite team is the NC Dinos. Oh, yeah. No. And our favorite players is Aaron Althair. Althair? Althair? Okay. Yeah, Althair, I think, is how it's pronounced. We wish we could go to a game, but since the coronavirus is occurring, we can't go. But hopefully, after this... Uh... I can't read that next part because it's bled out, but it's very unlikely because our families won't take us to Korea for a vacation. We will (laughs) never get tickets, but after all, it was just a personal goal and dream of ours to see a KBO game in person. Once again, we want to thank you for helping us through the hard times. We hope to hear back from you, which will bring a smile to our faces. And I'm not going to say their names because they deserve their privacy. But that that is adorable. It is. When was that letter written, does it say, as a matter of interest? That, uh, that letter doesn't have a date on it. So um, 
it, it does say that they're international school students. So yeah, they've, uh, they've done something maybe as part of the school program. They were given the goal to uh, reach out to a pen pal or a governing body. And then they chose the KBO. I don't know. <laughs> that would be a fantastic, fantastic one. I choose the commissioner as my pen pal. Done. <laughs> Maybe Brad, Brad you might get high places. Brad, what's your email address? You might send you that <laughs> uh, My email address? Uh, BradleyHider at gmail.com. So for international students. At Chimek Baseball. For international students who miss baseball, Bradley will reply to your letter. Um, <laughs> With no less than a side of A4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hall of Fame week five. Am I right in saying that? Yes, it's week five. So before we give our nominations for this week, Matthew, who won last week? What were the numbers? And yes, how much did they win by last week? So the numbers are, we actually had our biggest turnout of voters to date. We had around about 30 people voting. Um, regrettably in last place was me with hot dogs. Oh, so our, our food themed, uh, adventure. I, I didn't snatch as many of the American voters as I thought. Seems a lot more people are quite intent on going for the local things. Absolutely. We got a few additional voters who decided to vote on a anomalous fourth item, which was a mum's touch chicken sandwich that ended up outvoting the hot dogs by one vote as well. But for the ones that matter, Bradley Hyder, welcome to second place, because you ended oh. up getting you ended up getting seven votes for your Ojingo Dankong, your uh, squid peanut nut ball tasty goodness things, and with a phenomenal turnout for Andrew Farrell with twenty two total votes, the Jigglypuff is being raised in celebration. We have Korean barbecue or samgyeopsal. So, uh, congratulations, Andrew Farrell. A couple of words to uh, share after your victory. Uh, absolutely delighted. I trained hard all week for it, and I, I think I deserved uh, the success at the end of all that. Um, samgyeopsal, I felt, was a sneaky choice because we don't really eat it inside of a ballpark. But uh, I get the feeling anybody who voted for that selection knows very well how delicious it is. So, I, I think it was like it was a it was a a selection that was probably likely to win. And I'm, you know, I'm not much of a team player. I just want to get some success here. So I believe that's two for me in total now, two for Matthew. And uh, Bradley Hyder is yet to get on the board. So Bradley, would you like to lead us off with your nomination for this week? I would. I would like to nominate uh, a ballpark, actually, that is no longer used in the KBO but it is owned by the city and used for high school tournaments and I believe amateur baseball as well. It is known in English as the Mokdong Baseball Stadium in West Seoul. It used to be the hero, uh, it used to be the home of the heroes, the Seoul heroes and the Nexon heroes who are now the QM heroes in playing the dome, but getting back to the stadium, it's unique, uh, it was very small, a capacity of 10,500, and there was no outfield seating. That being said, I had the opportunity to see many uh, matches there over the years, including the last KBO game ever played, which was a playoff match between the Heroes and the Doosan Bears. So 
I am nominating Mukdong Baseball Stadium as an entrant into the Hall of Fame. A, a worthy choice. Uh, I'd also like to add that I may not have seen the last baseball game at, at Mukdong Baseball Stadium, but I had to have seen one of the most unusual baseball games at Mukdong Baseball Stadium, and that was in the <laughs> 2014 Asia Games. Myself and two friends were the only three fans at a game between Pakistan and Mongolia. So uh, how did that bastion of baseball end up ending up? Unfortunately for our friends from north of China there, they lost by 25 runs to zero in a game that only went uh, four and a half innings. The mercy rule was, was brought in. The <laughs> computer or the big screen TV as regular attendees of Mukdong remember, um, it couldn't, uh, it wasn't able to display numbers greater than nine. So, Mongolia had, or sorry, Pakistan had F number of walks in the game. So I believe that's whatever, 15 or 16, whatever F comes after nine. So yeah, they had F number of walks in the game, uh, 25 runs, uh, a bunch of errors. And uh, yeah, the only people at the game were myself, two friends, and then delegates from the Pakistan and Mongolian embassies. And we got ourselves home, uh, home fleet, oh, sorry, home fleet seats. We ordered chicken to come into the stadium because nobody was there to check tickets, and that was quite a game. This sounds like quite an adventure. So what's your Hall of Fame nominee for this week? I don't think I'm going to win this time, but I'm going to throw this out there. As an Irishman, I find it absolutely amazing that there is an Irish potato store uh, behind home plate in Jamshill Baseball Stadium. If you're ever in the outfield seats, you'll just see that um, big white sign up the back of the home plate section, um, green lettering, Irish potato, this big uh, shamrock. And even if you're in Jam Show, hopefully when we get back to baseball again, they'll even deliver leaflets that say Irish potato on it. I thought they delivered those because they knew I was at a game one time, but it seems like everybody got the leaflet <laughs> instead. So I nominated mean, Irish potato. Didn't those leaflets have like really bizarre names on them for foodstuffs as well, like tangentinous fried potato or something like that? I, I have I got a picture of it when I went to see when I went to see um, Dusan versus NC last season. I got this nice picture with the Jamshill skyline in the background, and it just says Irish potato set menu. Chicken set is seventeen dollars, by the way. The food isn't great. Um, the, there's a young boy batting, which is clearly not in any Korean baseball park. Um, but then the other information on the paper uh, just explains where the food comes from. The, the chicken comes from Korea or it comes from um, the chicken in fact actually comes from Brazil and the potatoes uh, don't come from Ireland which I find also quite amusing so um, that's Irish potato for you that's my nominee my, my nomination for this week all right then my nomination I was originally going to pick a player to go with this but uh, given I've just fallen behind I think I need to pull out the big guns so my nomination for this week is the Twitter page, KBO Cats. <laughs> now, for those of you who are not aware, there are cats that have currently taken up residence in several of the stadiums, notably Jamshill. If you have a look on the KBO Cats page, you'll see lots of different examples of the cats actually living underneath the cheering stage and actually being fed milk and other snacks by the cheerleaders mid-game. So, 
the Cats of Jamshil, Busan, and all the other stadiums combined, this one's for you. KBO Cats is my nomination. It's a great one. I was trying to remember other examples of animals. I'd say there's birds is obviously the one you see a lot more, but um, I'm there's been a fair few of them in Busan. There's been a couple of them in Jamshil, Dejan. I believe there was one in Suwon as well last season. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that that animals are just roaming around inside ballparks, stadiums, even before COVID nineteen. Mm. Um, good one. Cats at Jamshil or cats at KBO games. Bradley really needs your help, everybody. Mukdong Baseball Stadium <laughs> is his selection. And um, Irish Potato. Um, yeah, why not? So Irish Potato next week. I was going to do a bit of commentary, actually, but I think I will postpone that until next week. So there are three nominations for this week. Before we wrap up today's show, guys, it's getting late on a damp and drizzly Sunday evening here in Seoul. Upcoming fixtures this week. I don't know about you guys, but some of these look really, really tasty. So forget about the Monday games, which we will, um, I guess we'll have to talk about this some other time, but for the new series that are coming up, there is a Tuesday, this Thursday and Friday to Sunday. Uh, Matt, I'll start with yourself. What are you most looking forward to this week? Firstly, and secondly, again, like we do every week, how many wins do you give to Lotte Giants? So for me, like, I think that Lotte are finally getting into the right kind of groove with their offense, their defense, and they're kind of becoming more stable with what they're trying to do. So I'm really looking forward to that midweek series, assuming it doesn't get rained out for the most part against the LG Twins. Twins will be tired after a bunch of replays, and the Giants aren't going anywhere. They're staying home in Sajik, so they're going to be well-rested or well-rested enough to actually get some good bats in and hopefully get enough rest before playing the Twins. In terms of the rest of the week, the Lotte Giants are going to be playing against the Samsung Lions in Daegu, so usually they've been pretty evenly matched this season. I do think that they'll get the better of the Twins series, but they may end up losing the Samsung series, so I'm going to say an even three wins this week. Three wins. Bradley, the um, the next champions. Yes, uh, my team. The NC Dinos, uh, looking at their schedule this week, they've got the, the week uh, day series against the QM Heroes and the weekend series against the KT Wiz, which, of course, is led by Mel Rojas Jr., who we spoke about earlier this evening. The... As much as I like to see him play, I will be focusing mainly on the series against the heroes simply because they are in second place and they will certainly be looking to take as many wins as they can from the dinos, but we know that is not going to happen. I predict the dinos win that series two games to one and they sweep the whiz. So that's uh, two plus three. That's Five wins, one loss. That's my prediction, not including Monday's match. Bold prediction for them to beat the Wiz, given how well they're hitting at the moment. But um, mm. I do like your choice to go with the games in the Dome, because regardless of weather, those ones are guaranteed to happen. Mm-hmm. Andrew Farrell. Yeah, and I actually mean, the Kian versus NC has to be the standard picture for the entire week. I do find it interesting as well that the KT Wiz get to play the first and the last place team this, this week. They are hosting the Hanwha Eagles from Tuesday to Thursday. 
and then they get to travel to Massan for the weekend series against the NC Dinos. We'll have a good old look at uh, KT's credentials again in terms of a, of a playoff um, charge when they go down to Changwon. From a Tigers point of view, I'm really excited for, actually they've got six tough games this week away to the Samsung Lions midweek who were in a good run of form up until I guess Wednesday of this week. But then the Doosan series at the weekend, I think I'm looking forward to that series more than any other one because Doosan are leading that series against the Tigers five and one for the season. But if you look at all of the games so far, they've been a lot closer than that. In fact, the last two times they played against each other, Doosan came from behind to win by a single run in both games on Saturday and Sunday. And if you remember, that Sunday game was so catastrophic for the Tigers, losing that game 3-2, that they ended up trading one of their pitchers, Hongani, for a utility infielder in Ruji Hyok, who then went on to get severely injured and not too long after joined the Tigers. But I think he are a lot closer to Doosan than the 5-1 and one record suggests so far this season. But if they do end up losing that series, certainly they're getting swept and they can absolutely forget about winning the championship this year. I think the Tigers will win two games against the Samsung Lions and two games against the and uh, sorry against the Busan Bears. So I'm going to go for a four and two league at the end. So I'm I'm also interested to see how the Tigers end up doing. Like them against Samsung is going to be a phenomenal series. the The real question we have to ask though. Is Aaron Brooks going to have his own uniform ready? Yeah, so that was Saturday's game, and he changed uniform after five <laughs> innings and put on Drew Gangnam's uniform. And he had a good old chat about that on, on Twitter, Matt, yet? Yes? He did. He, um, he ended up posting thanks to uh, Drew Gangnam online, tagged him in it as well. And then after a couple of fans asked him what happened, like, did he rip his uniform or anything? Nope. Apparently the humidity just got to him and he was sweating too badly. So had to end up swapping out uniforms because it was a promotional uniform. He only had the one of them available. So he ended up borrowing his teammates and became Aaron Gangyong, I guess, in the I middle of the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny. It's funny. It's, it's hilarious. You do see that occasionally in other sports. It's so weird to see somebody wearing somebody else's uniform. Uh, you tend mm. to see it a lot more in baseball, I find. Certainly in Korea, if, if there is an early morning trade, and obviously they haven't got the uniform ready of the new player, um, so he ends up just wearing uniform of uh, you know, like a, a relief pitcher who's probably not going to get on. But uh, one foreign player handing over his uniform to the foreign players, that it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. In ice hockey growing up, it wasn't terribly uncommon to have the best player on the team switch jerseys with maybe one of the older, stronger players because when you're wearing helmets with visors, you can't really tell who's who's. Mm. The advantage of doing this is your opposition is all going to take shots at that big kid who they think is your superstar while your superstar starts scoring goals on your opposition. That's actually a pretty cool concept. Yeah, that's what it's all about, taking one for the team, I guess. And that is literally taking one for the team. Indeed. Um, good stuff. Thank you for that, guys. That wraps up another week of KBO Baseball. The teams have all played just shy of 60 games in a 144-game season. It won't be too long now before we're at the halfway point of the season. And, of course, we can already write off the SK Wyverns and the Hanway Eagles for any conversation in terms of postseason baseball. The other eight teams, as Matt said earlier on today, makes this a really competitive 2020 
so far. Thanks for taking the time to talk to Grandson KBO again on a Sunday, gentlemen. Anytime, anytime. Yep. And we'll talk to you My all pleasure. next week. It's a full week of baseball, seven days of baseball, weather permitting in Korea this week. We'll have loads to talk about, presumably, on the show next Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Is it Tuesday yet? Thank you.